Welcome, 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 and yes, welcome again. You can never have too many welcomes. So welcome to the Everyday Missionary Podcast. My name is Matt Boswell, the host of this podcast, and this is episode 221. And today, today I'm going to be shocking some of my friends. I'm going to do something that they are not used to on this podcast. I'm not going to beat up on us. Go figure. Okay, I say that by the end, it's somehow going to happen, but I've got some really dear friends of mine that are big supporters of the podcast, listen, everything else, but they're like, man, you tend to deal with a lot of negative things. Can you deal with something positive every once in a while? And I'm like, all of this is positive. It's all helping us get better at what we do. If you don't see the problem, you can't find a solution. So, man, I always think I'm being positive. But I actually understand that much of my job here on the podcast is making a punching bag of the evangelical church, not because I want to hurt it, but because I want to help it. That's always my heart. And I think there's a lot of work to do. And I think the reputation of Jesus is at stake. And I think the next generation of flourishing followers of Jesus is why we're doing it. So I'm always pushing this. But but today I wanted to deal with the everyday missionary being everyday missionaries and do it in a positive way, all related to this week's holiday, which is Thanksgiving. So, uh, I don't know about things in your world, but this is truly among one of my favorite holidays. My family gets a little split on this. My kids are like, no, we like Christmas more. I love Thanksgiving. There's just something about the week where oftentimes, even like uh, yesterday, uh, it was kind of sunny here in the Seattle area, and so it was cold and sunny, and the leaves are on the ground. I need to go deal with those later this afternoon uh, with my final job of the fall prepping to uh, get the yard kind of tacked down for the winter. But uh, man, I just I just love everything about it. I love the, the, the meal. I love just hanging out. I love the fact that it doesn't have the same kind of pressures of Christmas as far as trying to buy gifts and wrap things and do all of this. Uh, We did do one thing this year that's truly anathema, but I found out that a lot of other people are doing it as well. We have already established Christmas in our home. Before Thanksgiving, the tree is up, decorations are just smattered about the place. We are in full-blown Christmas mode, even though it's not even Thanksgiving yet. We've just decided, you know what, if it's good enough for Walmart and Target, it's good enough for us. We're just going to go with it too. So, But even that's kind of fun. So you're going to have Thanksgiving with the train going around the tree. It's going to be great. So anyway, from that, I'm like, man, it is the week of thankfulness. Maybe on the podcast, I should simply talk about this idea of what it truly means to be thankful and and why that's important to us as everyday missionaries. And so this isn't simply like, oh, it's a devotional on thankfulness and we're all going to have warm hearts by the end of this and walk away. No, as usual, it will challenge us, but hopefully it's going to be again in the positive and we'll be reminded of how powerful a tool thankfulness is in the life of the Christian as it comes to then being a missionary or an ambassador to the world around us. Because if there's anything that's really true when you look around at the topography of life, it's that it's easy to grumble. It's easy to complain. There's many people doing it. Media makes tons of money off of coming on every two seconds and letting us know how bad it is, how bad the other side is, that there is nothing to be thankful for as much as there's all kinds of stuff to be worried about, all kinds of things to be fretting, kind of concerning. I mean, you name it, it's just constantly a barrage of, it's doomed, it's bad, the others are evil, let's go get them, we got to defend ourselves, protect ourselves at all costs, there's nothing to be thankful for, we need to be just preparing for the inevitable and defend ourselves. Like, all of that stuff is kind of the tempo of the day. And yet Jesus rolls in and he expects something different of us. 
And in expecting it, it's not to wreck our lives. It's not to make things difficult, but actually he does it because he knows these are the things that change the world. These are the things that inspire people. These are the things that produce real uh, transformation. And one of those things is the idea of communicating and displaying a thankful spirit um, when you're surrounded by the opposite thereof, or displaying a thankful disposition uh even when the future looks bleak, all right? Because when you look at the life of Jesus, that's exactly what we see in his life. In fact, it's interesting. When you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll see a a, a parallel scene in all three of those gospels. And you'll even see Paul refer to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And it's the scene of the last supper or the first communion or uh, as we like to sometimes use the word in more litur- liturgical environments, the Eucharist, right? Where it's that time of breaking the bread and drinking of the cup and remembering what Christ has done for us. Now, here's what's interesting about that. So here's Jesus. He gathers together his core disciples. It's that Thursday night. Uh, it's going to be this Passover kind of celebration. The disciples don't fully realize the magnitude of what's about to happen the next day that Jesus is going to literally put himself in the hands of an angry world and let that angry world pour out its wrath on him. And he's going to take that with grace. He's going to take that with love. He's going to take that by praying for them versus cursing them. As he joked this last Sunday, instead of going Conan the Barbarian and ripping himself off the cross and beating us all with the bloody stump, it's like he he actually stays there and embodies just this this vessel of hatred uh, toward him. He takes our hatred. He takes our sin, all of that, and he gives himself for us. Well, Jesus knows all of that is what awaits him on that Friday, but when he's meeting with the group on Thursday night, there he is, and instead of it being like, hey guys, tomorrow I've got a hard one. I need some rest. I need you to rub my feet. I need you guys to remind me of why it's all worth it. Instead of doing that, he's actually like taking the position of the servant. So he's washing their feet. He's serving them their meal in essence. He's actually trying to make investment into them, even though he is the one that's going to have the worst day of his life the next day. But it's in that scene in all three gospels that we see that Jesus takes this loaf of bread and it says after he had given thanks he broke it and he passed it out to his disciples. And it's that idea of he stops to give thanks knowing what the next day holds. He stops to give thanks knowing what the next few hours will hold. Because we're going to see in that story that no sooner does he break the bread and he passes it around that he dips in the same cup as the guy who is going to betray him, stab him in the back. One of his closest friends is now going to totally just like ditch him and do it for just a few bucks. And yet Jesus shows thankfulness. He shows thankfulness, even though he knows that all of these dudes are going to just ditch him and they're going to scatter into the dark winds, right? One is going to be so freaked out, they're literally going to let their cloak be torn from their body, run away naked just to escape the threat. And yet Jesus gives thanks. And it's interesting, that word thanks or thankful, uh, it's this idea uh 
that literally we get the word Eucharist from. So it's Eucharisto or Eucharistos. It has different ways you can say it depending on the endings of the word, but it's this Greek word. So Eucharist means thankful or thanks or the giving of thanks. When we take communion, it's this aspect of we're not just remembering, but we're remembering in thankfulness and we're doing that. And we call it the Eucharist because the night that Jesus did it, he Eucharistos or Eucharistod. He he actually gave things. And what's interesting about this word is it's a collection of two different concepts. And, and so from this basically it means good and grace. In fact, as one person uh, wrote it, it's properly acknowledging that God's grace works well. I love that. What thankfulness is, is the acknowledgement that God's grace works well. Right? And that's what we want to remember when it comes to this whole concept. When we talk about, oh, we're giving thanks this week, we're having Thanksgiving, it's all about being thankful. What we're talking about is a declaration that God's grace works well. See, this is what our world needs to see from us who follow Jesus. And too often, instead of being thankful, we are complaining, we are worrisome, we are fearful. Um, we are alarmist, we are angry at something, we are put out by certain things, we don't like what's going on with how our governor is running the state, we don't like what our county's doing with masks, we don't like what uh, our president is doing with the economy, we don't like what you know our, our social structures are doing with morality, we don't like what our educational systems and institutions are doing with the academy. I mean, the list could go on and on and on of all the ways that we are frustrated and fearful and just flat out just just done with the stuff of life. But then we should reflect on what Jesus does that night. And he says, you know what? Even though the whole world around me is swirling chaos and disaster, I am testifying that grace works well. I'm thankful. I'm giving Eucharist at the Eucharist, right? Like that's the spirit of it. And this is the thing then for us as everyday missionaries, not just for this week, but for all the time, that we realize that when we kind of fall out of the, the sweet spot of thankfulness and we fall into kind of the, the cruddy space of how life isn't great or it's not the way we planned or it's not what we want or it's not what we anticipated and we're voicing that. What we actually do in that sometimes is undermine the very thing we most hold dear, which is God's grace works well. That Jesus came into the world to shower us with a grace that in the end pays all kinds of dividends and more, Right? Part of this idea of being thankful is not being thankful that, hey, today sucks, I'm so thankful, but it's realizing that even the suckiest days can teach us, even the suckiest days can shape us and mold us and develop in us a Christ-like character. But to truly be thankful in these ways means we have to then safeguard that space. We have to make sure that when we feel that nagging pull to vent, to complain, to worry, it's in those spaces that we need to stop, recalibrate, and fight to be thankful. In fact, it's interesting in Colossians uh, chapter 2. Uh, I love what Paul says here because he he sets up this parallel that I think is important. It gives us a tip off on how maybe we can do this better and better all the time. He says, now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. 
And so right there, just from the get-go, we go, okay, uh, I, I set my foot to the path of Jesus. I said, this dude is my rabbi. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be covered in his dust because I'm following so close. I'm going to mimic his life. I'm going to be like him. I'm going to imitate him because he's worthy of imitation. That's the greatest form, not just of flattery, but of worship. So I'm going to do that. But Paul says, hey, as you follow him, you got to keep following him. You have to keep leaning into the things that he calls you to do. So the ways he calls you to love, the ways he calls you to serve, the way he calls you to not judge, the way he calls you to sacrifice yourself for the greater good, like all of that stuff is not just commandment, it's empowerment. I want to say that again. All the things that Jesus calls us to is not simply commandment, it's empowerment. When we do those things, we're closer to him and therefore we are empowered by him. And that is actually internal fortitude in a way this world cannot match. So if you've set your path to being with him, you are to then follow him. As you follow him, then verse 7 comes into play. He says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him, which is weird because Paul's now mixing metaphors. He's like, yeah, it's like a plant or it's like a house, like on a foundation, but it's like a tree and a root. No, forget it. He's he's like, you get the idea, right? It's like being grounded above all else. The more you lean into him, the more you do it his way, the more he makes you strong, fortified, and secure to do more of the same. He says from this, then, right? So based on accepting Jesus, based on following Jesus, based on letting your roots grow down deep, letting your concrete set up firm, basically, he says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I want you to notice that the road to thankfulness is not mustering up a thankful disposition. The road to thankfulness is actually following letting our roots grow down deep into him, really growing strong in the truth that we were taught. And by growing strong in the truth we were taught, it means doing like the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain, Fruit of the Spirit, Definition of Love, you know me, broken record, doing those things. And from that, you will overflow with thankfulness. See, part of our problem and why we don't overflow with thankfulness sometimes today is because we're not doing that list of things right? We're not in the pipeline that produces thankfulness. We get ourselves in other pipelines to produce other caustic kind of things or things that are just kind of corrosive to the soul, things that are corrosive to the fruit of the spirit. We just listen to too many other things. We get locked into too many other things. We get distracted by too many other things. And that undermines the spirit of thankfulness. And Paul knows this. So no sooner does he say, hey, here's the thing. If you started believing in Christ, you also want to follow Christ. You want to do what he says. You want to follow the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain. You want to live that out. When you grow down deep in that, man, you're going to be thankful. And then he says immediately after this, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ, right? So I find this interesting. Empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense, right, that comes from human thinking. You want to know where you can hear that? Just turn on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, Newsmax. You will hear nonsense. Nonsense that's designed to rob you of your thankfulness. Nonsense that will actually derail your ability and my ability to just shower the world with the disposition of Eucharist, right? 
sharing and showing and displaying and, and demonstrating that God's grace works well. See, it's too easy for us in the modern era to get sucked in by Twitter and social media and everything else that reminds us of how bad it is, and therefore we think it's bad. And then from that, we're really not doing what Jesus wants us to do, but we're in survival mode, right? Emotional survival mode or physical survival mode or financial, whatever it is. We get into these modes, and pretty soon we are just like a boat that is swamped, right? It's just taking on so much water. It's just not going anywhere except under And therefore, we are robbed of the opportunity to be great everyday missionaries in the realm of thankfulness. But that's what we're meant to do. That's how we change the world. We bring a disposition that is different than what the world anticipates. But that's only going to come because we're close to Christ. It's only going to come because he is the source of our empowerment. And the source of our empowerment comes from our obedience to him in the way that he states obedience, that upside down and backwards nature of things. And so, as so often on the podcast as I'm talking about how we need to get kind of better at things as a Christian community and our culture, the root of that is not, again, white knuckling it or just tightening up the bootstraps and making it happen. It's actually getting closer to Christ in very concrete kinds of ways. And that closeness comes when we do things as he calls us to do them, even though they're difficult, but it's in the difficulty that he develops the disposition and of that disposition There's thankfulness, right? In fact, Colossians 3, next chapter after what we were just reading, Paul says, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Right? This is why then in chapter 4, he says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. I don't think I've ever realized just how dense Colossians is with prayer. Even like Colossians 1, Paul has this really bold prayer right at the beginning. It's fantastic. You should go, you should read it. In fact, even this week, maybe read Colossians, right? Just four chapters, really short. And just look at the the idea of prayer and thankfulness embedded into the prayer and the fact that thankfulness flows from a life that is connected to God. And if we're struggling with thankfulness, we're probably that not that connected to God. And I say this as a practitioner of being really awesome at not being thankful, all right? So I can tell you oftentimes when I'm not thankful, it's because I'm not connected, right? But I need to be connected and I need to be a representative of Jesus through my thankfulness and therefore all the more I need to be connected. And so as we think about this holiday week and we think about all the ways we can be thankful and I see people on social media that are writing up all the things they're thankful for every day throughout the month of November, which I love. I think that's really fantastic. Here's what we want to keep in mind. Our thankfulness legitimately matters. The world is watching. They're wanting to see if we're full of crap or we're full of Christ, all right? That's the bottom line, right? And and in that, the way they know we're full of Christ is that we are as thankful as Christ, even in facing the hard things, that he could give Eucharist, even though he knew the coming hours were awful, the coming day was dreadful, he was still thankful. See, I think that's what people around us are wanting to see, waiting to see. People talk about wanting to be thankful. People talk about the importance of being thankful, focusing on thankfulness in their lives. But boy, we're so really supposed to be the the key practitioners in all of that. And I think when we own that and when we shoot for that and when we don't try to fabricate that, but we really want Jesus to let that flow through us from this authentic connection to him, when all of that happens, we will be unstoppable and deeply blessed to others as everyday missionaries.